0: Welcome to the Shook But Not Shaken podcast presented to you by Highland College Ministry in Waco, Texas. My name is Drew Humphrey. And I'm Trey Etter. And we are excited to be jumping back into this conversation on apologetics. This is actually part two. Yeah. Yeah to what we did last week. So if you didn't hear part one of this topic, you definitely want to jump back into last week. We talked a little bit about, you know, why apologetics is important to Christians. Really what we're doing though, is we're talking about two specific questions. Does God exist? And does a higher being at all exist, whether it's the Christian God or not? And then does the Christian God exist and specifically the evidence we're looking at there is the resurrection for Jesus. So last week we talked about that first question, does God exist? Um, and you know, is there evidence for a higher being or for the universe beginning? Sure. Or is the universe this eternal you know, uh, place that has never had a beginning, so therefore it doesn't need a cause? That's everything we right. talked about last week. Cool. Go back there, check it out, and now we're going to jump into question two today. So take it away, Trey.
1: Awesome. Well, if you didn't fall asleep in the last episode, hopefully this episode right. will be <laughs> maybe a little bit more lively for you guys because we're going to be talking about the Christian God and why it is he – is the why he is that higher being that we just finished talking about in the last episode about how that being, the Christian God, must exist outside of time and space. Uh, he is all powerful. He is in enough to fine tune what we talked about last time. This entire universe with amazing precision, and really the best evidence that we have for the Christian God is pretty compelling evidence truly that that this resurrection of jesus christ really the 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 pinnacle point of the christian bible and and remember remember jesus claimed to be god several times within scripture and and the bible claims that jesus was god both in the old and the new testament and jesus predicted his own death and resurrection so the question is if jesus really did rise from the dead then his religion or his teachings must be true
0: that's right and uh and i've heard it say this way uh said this way by some guys that i follow and i kind of have adopted it for myself they say it like this you know i just have this personal policy that if someone rises from the dead then I'm gonna go ahead and believe whatever that person said. You know, and so I, that's a pretty good policy. I think it's a good policy. And so <laughs> we need to look and, and let the evidence, obviously as Christians, we believe this happened, but maybe you've never really, you know, looked at the actual evidence for a resurrection of Jesus. Right. Yeah. So so
1: let's go ahead and jump in. So the second question, did Jesus really rise from the dead? And really one thing that is important to know here is that it's nearly undisputed. In both secular and Christian scholarship I know there will be websites out there that will try but there are both secular and Christian scholarship uh, out there that there was a man named Jesus from the town of Nazareth who was claiming to be God and had a significant following in the first century and these are people like the Jewish historian Josephus uh, there's a Roman historian Tacitus and even scribes for Roman emperors uh, talked about this guy named mm. Jesus, wow. uh, and and the Quran, even the 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 Islamic uh, scripture, mentions Jesus as him being alive, being a prophet, things like that. Wow! And so you know, non Christians mm. <laughs> accept that Jesus existed and that he was killed by crucifixion. You can go and read their writings from the first century for yourself, if you'd like to. And then the question remains that we have to answer is this, did, did a man named Jesus actually come back to life? Uh, because if he did just as true said, then something, or the things that he says really we need to take as true and, and he must be the son of God as he claimed to be. And what he says must be true.
0: That's right. And so when we're talking about the resurrection, you know, a lot of the evidence that we know, uh, is, is from what we learned growing up, you know, from the Bible. And that's really good. Like we have these, you know, right. accounts, you know, in the Bible that talk about, you know, how he died and, and when he was resurrected, like the story of, of people finding him, you know, in the empty tomb and all these things. That's really good. But we can also look at some actual evidence outside of the Bible. and And then we can decide for ourselves. We can look at even more evidence. And so for this podcast, let's look at what we're going to call the three E's uh as evidence for the resurrection of jesus the three e's so trey why don't you start us off with that first e
1: yeah first e is the eyewitness testimony okay so a a lot of these accounts that that we're talking about were written within the same generation as jesus Right. So So within within a very short time period, Matthew,
0: Mark, Luke, John, like, or even these other guys who were writing Paul's epistles. I mean,
1: you know, everything that that we're talking about really in the the New Testament, besides maybe one or two, were written within the same generation of Jesus being alive. So so we can contrast that to things like uh, Buddha being 400 years uh before all of the writings that we see uh Mm -hmm. with the the buddhist writings alexander the great uh a lot of the writings about him were 300 years later julius caesar 100 years later uh and so the, the the ones writing and telling about jesus at least communicate that they knew him personally and really, that's a big deal yeah. in historical scholarship to have those accounts from uh, from really close to him actually being alive, because of course, in scripture, it says that he didn't die, he rose into heaven. So, uh, but it, historically speaking, uh, you know, kind of in a scholarship uh, frame of mindset, uh, you know, it's if, if documents are written within 200 years of something, that's pretty significant. And then that, that's held as a really credible source. So when we talk about the biblical narratives as being a very credible source of being written within like 40 years, right at least yeah. of Jesus being alive, that's really significant.
0: Yeah. It's not like my grandma's grandma, grandma, you know, was at the tomb and it's been passed down for all these generations. So I'm going to write it down. Yeah. And cause obviously some things can get lost, but like these original documents that we have, are actual eyewitnesses, so right? That, that, and that's huge in yeah. in historical, you know, scholarship and and kind of the credibility of them. So, exactly. like you said, that's also awesome. so yeah. three Well, I was
1: going to say you you can you can see that in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Oh yeah, right. That's so right. that's that's a an exhibit that's been going around the entire world hmm. of these original documents that were found in these clay jars right. in a hillside in the Middle East, and those are pretty compelling right. to again prove. The biblical narrative to be to be true.
0: That's awesome. So the three E's first one, eyewitness testimony. The second one is the embarrassing testimony. So embarrassing testimony. If you're going to here here's kind of the central question that sets up the embarrassing question uh, testimony. Uh, if you're going to ma- make something up, like if you're going to lie about something, why would you lie about it this way? Yeah. you know, and I love this question because yeah. you know, uh, um, maybe someone who's critical of these first-century Christians they may say like, "Oh, these guys just made it up." Like they, you know, they did this. And so the question is, if you're going to make it up, like, why would they do it the way that they did it? You know, <laughs> yeah. and because honestly, if you read through the Gospels, like, it's just hilarious how many how many times these these guys, the main characters who are supposedly quote unquote making this up. Mm-hmm. Look like fools, you know. Uh, one of the most, you know, kind of like I think, compelling pieces of evidence is that when you look at the resurrection story, because of course we're talking about the resurrection, the the people who found the empty tomb were actually women, yeah. And back in the first century, uh, there's a lot of of you know writings and evidence to say that that women's testimony, that a woman's testimony in the courtroom only counted as half of what a man's would count as. Exactly. Right? And so basically the the idea behind this is like if you're going to make something up, why would you say that the most pivotal moment in the history of the world, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the people who figured this thing out were the women, right? Exactly. I mean, that doesn't yeah, make yeah. sense. You wouldn't make it up that way. There are other things too, like stories in the Gospels that make the disciples, these characters, the guys who were possibly making it up, these stories that make them look bad. You know, you've got Peter's denial. Yeah. You know, like if you're going to make it up, like why would you make yourself look so bad or Jesus even calls Peter Satan at one point you know you've got these guys who are doubting or who have small faith and and they really don't look like heroes at all they look no. like losers in yeah. most cases yeah yeah you know why would they do it this it basically you know uh, the last thing I'll say on this piece is that you know if they're going to conjure up some lie it, you know it would be important for them to get their story straight you know exactly but if you've yeah. read through the four Gospels, there's actually a lot of times where like things are sort of told out in different orders, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and it's almost like di- almost different tellings of the same story, you know, right. for a lot of people that it might actually be evidence that, you know, that these are lies, you know, because it's like, Hey, why would you, you know, why would you have these different kind of competing ideas right. of when these events happened? But usually in a courtroom, uh, that actually can be, you know, evidence that something really did happen because exactly. if a group of people were making up a lie, they would come together and they'd get their story straight. <laughs> yeah. Right. But if someone's just writing an account or giving a testimony of what they saw happen, a lot of times people remember it in different orders. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so. Um, There's these sort of ideas like called undesigned coincidences, you know, sort of a thing where it's like people just have these like like coincidences of of misremembering things that actually give evidence towards, you know, it being true and it being real. And so, you know, if these guys were going to make it up, they probably would have gotten their story straight. But when you read through the Gospels, it doesn't seem that way at all. And so, yeah, so that's the second one. The second E is is this idea of the embarrassing testimony.
1: Yeah, so the third E is the excruciating testimony. And uh, if you don't want to, you know, listen to some of the more gruesome points of this one, you can maybe fast forward about 30 seconds or so. But uh, So this excruciating testimony, I mean, these eyewitnesses, namely the disciples and, you know, all those who were brought into their uh, kind of discipleship fold, they died horrific deaths for their belief. Right. So these people who looked foolish based off their stories, who, you know, were telling that women said everything uh, based off the resurrection and who didn't get their stories straight, went all the way through and died because of their testimony. Right. So, for example, uh, Peter was crucified upside down. Hmm. Uh, Stephen, we read about him in scripture, was was stoned to death. Uh, The the the. Uh, disciple John was boiled alive in oil and somehow survived wow. and then became exiled to work in a mine. Hmm. Right. And then uh, Paul, we talk about him a lot, uh, was tortured and then beheaded. Hmm. Right. So, you know, if, if this thing was false, you would have thought they would have given up the, the ploy at right. some point. Right. Right. But they went all the way through. So, hmm. uh, I mean, <laughs> the way they died really speaks truth about, how much they believed uh, their their testimony, and really, wh- what did they have to gain right. by by making anything? You know, I mean, it's they already had they had faith in right. something that was truly amazing, right. and that faith compelled them enough to continue spreading that story about Jesus all the way through to dying incredible deaths. Right.
0: I mean, they they already had like a Jewish religion, yeah. you know, like they didn't need a religion and this certainly didn't give them power. If anything, they lost power, you know, because yeah, of this. Yeah.
1: And they weren't like gaining money. Right. right? I mean, you hear a lot today, you want to, you want to earn money?
0: Right. Create a religion. Exactly. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, none of those things were happening, you know, and, and one thing that often I've heard people say about this excru- excruciating testimony piece is that, you know, someone might die for something that you think is true, right? Like you and I, we believe that that Christianity is true. So if someone, you know, was basically saying, I'm going to kill you. If you say that Jesus rose from the dead, you know, hopefully in our faith and it would be strong enough to say, okay, like I believe this to the point where whatever you do to me, I would never go back on my God. Right. And so we might die for something we think is true, but no one would die for something that they know is a lie. Does that make sense? So like the original guys, if these original guys were lying about the resurrection, They would, they were not, you know, they were not the ones who would have been deceived like three generations later or 50 generations later, whatever it is. They are the original dudes. Either they know it's true or they know it's a lie. Right. And so it's so important for us to realize like these guys knew either it was true or it was a lie. And almost all of them were killed in a, in a horrific way, you know, and yet they still held the truth of Jesus rose from the dead. Like, I believe this actually happened, you know? And you know, one last thing on this excruciating testimony piece, the other day I was scrolling Facebook, you know, and, and I saw this quote from a guy named Charles Olson and he's a, he's a poet and I thought it was pretty interesting. It was about the, the Watergate, uh, kind of scandal, you know, comparing that to the Jesus to Jesus's resurrection. And if you don't know, you know, the Watergate scandal, it was this big scandal in the seventies with the president of the United States where President Nixon, he was caught in this cover up attempt and they got caught, like I said, and. Basically, he ended up resigning over this as president of the United States. And uh, what this quote said from this guy named Charles Olson, you can Google it. It says this. It says, I know the resurrection is a fact, and Watergate proved it to me. How? Because 12 men testified that they had seen Jesus raised from the dead, and then they proclaimed that truth for over 40 years, never denying it once Every one of them was beaten, tortured, stoned, and put in prison, but they would not have endured that if it wasn't true. Watergate, it it involved 12 of the most powerful men in the entire world, and they couldn't keep a lie for three weeks. (laughs) So you're telling me the apostles could keep a lie for 40 years? Yeah. Absolutely impossible. Yeah. You know, I love that quote because it's just so true. Like how many times have, when you know something is a lie, you know, you yourself started this lie, like the pressure gets to you and you're like, okay, it's a lie, you know? Right, yeah, yeah, but I'm out. I'm these out. guys were under the most pressure, you know? And they were the ones saying that Jesus rose from the dead, do whatever you want to me. Yeah, Jesus rose from the dead like yeah. that. I'm getting goosebumps just talking. No, about that It's insane.
1: That. I mean, you know, and you can even say, well, they just got too far and they couldn't go back. Right. But they were thrown in prison several times and then came out and then continued over going. and over. And then again. they were beaten up and stoned several times and then came out and then kept going. So, wow. you know, like it's not like they finally came to the point where they're like, OK, I, they're, I'm not getting out. There's no other way. I'm exactly. just going to keep going. They had wow. several chances wow. to, to fess up and they didn't. So it's crazy. Yeah. So there, there's some other evidence as well. We're just kind of kind of rapid fire through these. Uh, so the first one is called the Paul factor. So again, undisputed by both secular and Christian historians that this guy, Paul existed and went from being this Jewish leader that was persecuting Christians, right? To, a Christian basically overnight we read about him on the road to Damascus and uh, you know he was persecuting Christians you know leading them basically to their death and then really just does a complete 180 becomes a church planter becomes a, uh, a mentor to several different church planters and pastors and then ultimately as we mentioned before becomes a martyr mm-hmm. after an encounter with right. with Jesus
0: yeah, I mean, he's just totally persecuted and just like, I mean, yeah, we, it's, it's, it's just crazy just that this guy's life would pivot. You know, yeah. and just like that, like overnight, what could do that? What would compel someone to go from killing Christians to becoming Christians and being willing to be put in prison and stoned and, you know, killed and do all these things? And like, what would yeah. compel them? And never stop. It never stop. It's yeah. just crazy. So that's the first one, rapid fire, the Paul factor. The second rapid fire reason for the resurrection is something called the Jerusalem factor. Yeah. The Jerusalem factor is this idea that Christianity actually began in Jerusalem, which is this city over there where Jesus was doing a lot of his ministry. It's where Jesus was crucified. It's where he was buried. And also where he was resurrected, and um, so basically the Jer- Jerusalem factor says this: if this event was untrue, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then simply all they would have had to have do- done in that city was show the body of Jesus, and the lie would have stopped. It could have never spread to the world. Now here we sit on the other side of the world from Jerusalem, and, and we're believing it and talking about it two thousand yeah. years later. Yeah. So all they had to do was was keep it inside the city you know and say oh this is just some gossip this isn't true it's a lie it's just to show the body of jesus but of course they couldn't do that they didn't yeah and so it, it spread outside of jerusalem so paul factor number 1 jerusalem factor number 3 give us that third rapid fire reason trait.
1: yeah i i really like this one too because it's called the uh, the enemy's testimony and uh, so we we can read about this in Matthew 28 so but but similarly it's kind of what we're talking about the, the first response of the enemies of the resurrection namely the guards and the roman emperor and things like that is to not produce a body hmm. but to claim that the disciples stole the body right so essentially that implies that the body was actually gone it had to be gone right their
0: first response was yeah they you it,
1: stole it it's right so so I, again, kind of like what you were talking about, Drew, is, I mean, if, if they really wanted to quell this, what they considered this insurrection of these new Christian believers, I mean, I mean, truly the Roman empire persecuted Christians hardcore, right? And if they wanted it to stop, then they could have just said, we have
0: the body right here, right? We found it, but they couldn't, this right? guy, this disciple gave us the body. He told us where he buried it. But yeah. like all these guys, no matter how much pain they went through, suffering trials, literal death like nobody could give up a body why because because there was it was no gone. body yeah and so even the enemy said it's gone Wow, which it, it that's compelling for me. It least. is. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, there you have it. I mean, that's that's you've got the three E's like we talked about earlier. We've got the Paul factor, the Jerusalem factor, the, the enemy's testimony. And so like we said in the last podcast, you might've gone from an atheist to an agnostic. And then if you really believe this idea of the resurrection, then you go from an agnostic who says, oh, there's probably a higher being, but I don't know which one it is, to now a Christian, which yeah. is saying like, hey, Jesus raised from the dead. There's real evidence to suggest it, you know, and, and therefore he must be God. Yeah. And, and yeah. So welcome to the family. Exactly. <laughs> welcome to the family. And honestly, like there's real evidence out there uh, that suggests that God is real and that the Christian God is real. And it's such an important thing for us to know. It's such an important part of our faith, not just to go to church because that's where we grew up going. Right. But to be like, I have actually looked at the evidence and I believe that Jesus raised from the dead and therefore the Christian God is real and i should follow him and so you know maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're not a christian maybe someone you know sent this to you and shared it to you and said like you know okay like maybe i should listen to this i want to ask you this question why are you not a christian is it because maybe you think that christianity and science are enemies hopefully we talked about that um you know in the last episode part one you know Is Christianity and science, are those enemies? Is it because you think the idea of God creating the universe or or Jesus raising from the dead, this must just be some sort of fairy tale? I mean, why are you not a Christian? Uh, That's a question that all of us need to, to wrestle with if you're not a believer. Have you ever honestly looked into the evidence? Uh, because many people would say that it actually takes more faith to be an atheist than it takes to be a Christian. If you honestly look at the evidence that there's so much compelling evidence to to suggest that Jesus raised from the dead or that a, a higher being exists. And of course, we believe that being the Christian God exists, that it takes more faith. There's more unknown to being an atheist than to being a Christian. So why aren't you a Christian? That's my challenge to you if you're not a Christian today.
1: Yeah, and hey, if, if if you are a believer, if you are a Christian, uh, it is equally important for you to understand these arguments because you can truly dig deep in your foundation uh, and build up your faith, That's as right. well as truly defend uh, the faith and 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 evangelize others to really using this this type of knowledge, right? So if you if you know somebody who uh, you know is not a part of the Highland College Ministry, but you know they're a believer. Tell them these things. I mean, right. these these things really have built me up, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been a Christian since I was six, right? right? And so, asking these questions why why do I believe what I believe right? So you know, you, you hear a sermon on Sunday, and our our pastor John would would say it, it's a good thing to just ask. Okay, you know, what he said is great, but but why is it true? Why, why right. should I believe mm. what he is saying? And, and when you dig deep and when you really study this up and you ask these questions, truly your faith is so much deeper. It is, uh, than, than where you started from. And it is okay. Hear me. It is okay to ask, why do I believe
0: what I believe? Exactly. And you know, of course it's important, you know, to remember that things like God's word, you know, are important to this conversation. Like this is not superseding what the Bible says. This is not extra evidence that you have to have on top of things before you can be a believer. We believe in the sufficiency of scripture. Yeah. You know, we believe that what the Bible says is actually true. We just believe it's so true that there's evidence to show it outside of the Bible, even it's not only contained in the pages of a book, Exactly. but it's so true. And then of course, it's important to remember our own testimony, you know, of experiencing God, that we all have a testimony if we're a believer experiencing God. And and that's probably the most compelling evidence for his existence. How has God changed your life? Hmm. Like what are the ways that you look different because of God? Like that is a real, true, compelling evidence for God's existence, not just, you know, the three E's or the things we talked about in the last podcast, not just what you see on a page in a Bible, but what is God doing in your life? That's real evidence. Exactly. And there's a, there's a famous Christian writer and leader named Bob Goff. And, and he said it this way. And I remember hearing this a couple of years ago and it stuck with me. He said, Jesus doesn't need us to be his lawyer. I like that. I I love that. Yeah, He doesn't need us to be his lawyer. You know, this isn't about like you going out there and saying like, I need to defend Jesus at all times. But what it is about is it's about strengthening our faith and saying there is evidence even outside of our own testimony, outside of the Bible, which we hold to tightly and believe in that actually says like, Hey, this stuff that I'm experiencing in my life, this stuff that I'm reading in the Bible is real. And so we hope that this conversation will help you to fill in the gaps a little bit for you. Uh, because you've probably, if you're a Christian, already experienced God in some really powerful ways. And these testimonies are countless. We could spend episode after episode just hearing these testimonies about how God has, has moved an individual's life. But so these things that we're talking about in these episodes, they don't need to replace that. They don't need to supersede that in any way. It's just further evidence for the existence of the Christian God and for the resurrection of Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, that's that's so good. And and it, it, it truly is the most important of uh, question of our life. The most important question of our life, really, right. it is life or death. Hmm. Does God exist? And we've given those evidences. Hmm. And this Christian God that we've talked about, have I given my life to him? And it, it, this is something that we literally cannot avoid That's because right. there, there will come a day and i i don't mean this at any any way to to be a scare tactic but there there will be a day when we will stand before god to give an an account of our lives that's right and i pray that you know if you're listening to this podcast i pray that he will say well done good and faithful servant Hmm. and i pray that he does not say i never knew you right Hmm. and and truly this (laughs) we could be scientific all day right. but the if the end result is you just saying cool that sounds awesome hmm. we haven't done our job that's right the end result yeah, should be have you given your life to jesus christ and hmm. and and truly sold out for him and and uh man
0: it's just so so important it is so important yeah. and i mean if you want to go to the word if you want to go to the bible um Obviously, you can read the end of any of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are going to give you plenty of discussion, biblical text about the resurrection of Jesus. But honestly, if you want to start right after the Gospels, like go start in Acts, and then just read until your Bible ends, you know, in Revelation, (laughs) right? You're going to basically read about not just that the resurrection happened, of course that exists at the end of every gospel, but what effect does the resurrection have on a person, a regular old person like you and me, Trey, like the listener today and the whole, I mean, from acts one all the way to the end of revelation, it's just story after story after story of the resurrected Jesus completely changing people's lives and
1: completely changing communities. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's, Yeah, it's just incredible to see, you know, you talk about Romans and Corinthians and Galatians. I mean, he's just so into, you know, the church just being on fire and and staying true
0: to the faith. And so it's just amazing. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. I want to encourage you to share this episode with someone you know. You can hit the share button right now and text it to them instantly. Maybe it's someone you know who isn't a believer or maybe it's a doubting Christian Maybe you know someone who's questioning the reliability of the resurrection. I don't know, but this is just too important of a subject to listen to and then to walk away from. Pray right now and ask God if you need to share this with somebody today. If you're looking for further resources on this subject, I'd encourage you to go to rzim.org. That's R-Z-I-M dot Or look up any book or any YouTube video by Ravi Zacharias. That's z a c h. A-R-I-A-S All A's Ravi is someone who speaks all over the world Defending the faith among some of the world's smartest minds And honestly you might have even seen him At a passion conference in the last few years You could also look up a book called The Case for the Resurrection of Jesus By Gary Habermas This is a great in-depth look On these questions about Jesus' resurrection Much of our episode today And the content that we talked about Came from this book And there's so much more to see and lastly, I point you again back to a trustworthy voice in Frank Turek, T-U-R-E-K, of Cross-Examined Ministries. Google his website, Cross-Examined, or find him on YouTube. Read this book or listen to the audiobook. I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. It's truly a life-changing book that I believe every believer should read. Well, I pray you can take hope in this word today. Whatever you're going through, Whatever your questions are, remember what Hebrews 12 tells you. If you are in Christ, you may be shook, but you can't be shaken. See you next time.